0: Hello, welcome to Multiculturalism Happens Here. I am your host, Isaac Rela, and I work with Think, a nonprofit established in 1984. We are a catalyst for a more equitable world, where differences are valued and used for the benefit of all. Our goal is to be a resource to the people that are working hard every day to bring diversity and inclusion into their workplaces, churches, governments, and schools. Believing that the multiculturalism process of change can be a part of your journey in the success of a more equitable and inclusive tomorrow. Hello, welcome to episode number eight. In this episode, I will be having a conversation with Terry Berman. She is a senior consultant with Visions, and we're going to be having a conversation about working with schools, independent schools specifically, and in this conversation, we'll discuss what are some of the signs that your school is not healthy when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion, like retention of students of color or faculty of color. We will talk about asking the question of how can we create a safe space for all people with the focus on people of color and other minority groups. From there, we talk about two major first steps for setting yourselves up for success. The first one being starting a committee. Don't let your diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts fall on one person. The second one being making a commitment to ongoing work. With that said, let's get the conversation going. Well, I'm very excited to be having Terry with me today. You are one of my mentors, and it's been such an honor to get to be with you on this journey. As I grow as a facilitator and as a consultant and as a, as a person with visions and so Terry, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. And could you introduce yourself? Any, you know, your name, pronouns, and any other ideas that come up for you? And then from there we're going to talk about if you could also talk about your history with visions.
1: Sure. So my name is Terry Berman and I am a white South African Jew culturally and ethnically. Mm-hmm. And um you know other critical identities for me is that I'm queer lesbian um now I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> cisgender, middle class, you know, um, and I also consider myself a progressive and somewhat of an artist.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, I love
1: that. Yeah, and so um, my life with Visions started in 89, where I took my first what is now called pace training, and I was very switched on, although I had Uh, a long background in doing sort of grassroots organizing. I had decided it was an area I really wanted to get into. And so when I landed in that experience, it was um, quite transformative for me. And I decided I wanted to become a consultant and do this work. And so it's been a long journey and I have been doing it pretty much ever since.
0: (laughs) Wow, that's incredible. so since 89? Yeah,
1: that's when I started. I mean, that's when I met Visions, let's put it that way. It was not like immediate in terms of my ability to step into the work, but I was working at another organization called the Multicultural Training Resource Center, and that was doing work more around cultural competency um, around HIV AIDS and um, substance abuse
0: prevention. And did you say um, where you're located, region-wise?
1: Oh, I'm in California, um, Oakland, California.
0: And so I want to talk a little bit about your history with Visions in terms of your work and, I guess, specifically your work with schools.
1: I'm not sure when I started working in schools, but it's been a really long time. I mean, I've worked in lots of different contexts. And, you know, I think my experience of the way the work sort of flows is that, you know, I would start in one type of of organization. Like, I remember doing a lot of work in domestic violence organizations. And then somehow I was working in all the domestic violence organizations, you know, like Mm, local TV organizations. So that's kind of, I think, how it happened with schools, too. But I've had um, been fortunate enough to have some long-standing relationships with schools, so that I've been involved in some schools for a long time. And that has given me um, you know, a lot of exposure into the experience of schools grappling with creating equitable and inclusive environments, particularly independent schools. I've done some work also in charter schools very little work in the public school system. And some of that is just the nature of the of the system that it's hard to get into. Um, so just to contextualize that that's where my work has been.
0: What are some of the changes that you have seen schools, you know, go through over the years? Are there yeah. any trends that, that come to mind in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion, even the language, I know that, you know, we sort yeah. of started with diversity, added yeah. inclusion, and now we're we're adding equity to it. And so can you talk about that?
1: So I would say that the schools, I, when I started this work, and I entered into school systems, I think their orientation was very much from a diversity perspective. In other words, we need to diversify. And it was sort of the need to get more students of color to be um, you know, some of it was driven by their need to be uh, accredited. They needed to have diversity mm-hmm. in their school communities, oh, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Some of it was driven by, you know, a sense of this was the right thing to do. And, um, and some of it was driven because they saw like a turnover of their student body of color, as well as some of their faculty of color, right? But the schools that I work was I when I think about what that I ended into had, had a very much a diversity focus and, you know, we're not thinking about the need to examine their own institutional cultural practices that might be exclusionary. And so the transformation that I've seen in the time that I've been working is that schools are beginning to understand, you know, if you, I I don't think um, as clearly as, sort of understanding white supremacy culture, but beginning to sort of really grasp that change is not just about numbers, but it really is about examining the institutional cultural practices and the attitudes and assumptions that people hold and how that plays out in the classroom, in their relationships with each other, in their relationships with students. You know, and there's evidence to show how people's implicit bias plays out, even in... Institutions that are struggling to do this work,
0: right? Yeah. And we hear that language a lot of the implicit bias and people wanting to become aware at that personal and interpersonal level. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that I think is very interesting is cultural level, you know. Right,
1: right. Well, that's very, that's been a dominant part of the work that I've tried to do with schools is to really understand. Um, what is the cultural frame and the ways in which, you know, a critical mass of of white, often, you know, upper class families create a cultural reality that make it very hard for kids of color, including faculty of color. So, you know, I want to say that the focus of my work has primarily been around racial difference. Although issues around LGBTQ and other issues of difference have also surfaced, like disability, you know, learning differences, etc. So I want to say that sort of the strategies, the successful strategies have been for schools to that I've that I've worked in who have developed, um, you know, very robust diversity committees or equity and inclusion committees or multicultural leadership teams Those are the sort of different names that folks have used. Uh, And their focus, you know, has been different depending on the nature of the school. You know, when the school is large, if it's like K through 12, for example, they'll have smaller sort of representatives from each area making up a larger committee. And some schools have diversity directors or equity and inclusion directors so that there's more than one person driving the work has been very effective. I have worked in school environments where the schools have been committed to ongoing work. And that has been very successful in really shifting the practices and the cultural foundations of schools, you know, really kind of beginning to examine and understand what are the ways in which we show up, you know, and I want to be really clear that when I work in predominantly white spaces, people feel like, you know, whiteness is under attack when there's like a lot of folks talking about white supremacy culture and how oppressive it is. And for me, I think it's really important to understand that white people feel under attack as people and they have a hard time understanding that people are speaking to the ways in which white supremacy culture is dominating the way everything operates and that that needs to be challenged and changed so they don't know how to make the separation they take it personally when in fact it's about a cultural critique
0: yeah.
1: and the need to do that cultural critique holds that there are ways in which white people show up that can be a value. It's just that it's, it's the only way and it's assumed as normal and it's, it's unnegotiated. So that's why we have to have those conversations about, is this the way we want to be? And is there the possibility that there might be multiple approaches and not just one way? So, you know, it's kind of like the idea of, of either or versus both and. You know, for me, it's like about how do we have both ends so that I can, in my linear way of showing up in the world, be a value, but not discount somebody who has a more circular way of going about things. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think that that's been a really critical part of the conversation. You know, how to be how to be how to critically examine cultural space and how that affects curriculum and curriculum development and then how it affects policies and practices you know all of that has been really profound as i've worked in schools in an ongoing basis
0: thank you terry for this first podcast so much to think about make sure to join us for our next podcast with terry where we continue our conversation around how we support schools around diversity equity and inclusion And what are some of the major successes that we've seen when it comes to schools and their movement for creating room and safe spaces of empowerment for differences? Thank you for joining us on another episode of Multiculturalism Happens Here. If you found this helpful or resourceful, give us a like, subscribe, a comment, or share, consider giving to Visions. Visit our website for more information at wwwvisions o r g. If you're interested in joining any of our workshops, trainings, or youth summits, you can find more information and registration on Eventbrite. And if you're interested in having us come to you, contact us for more information. I am Isaac Relas, wishing you a brand new day in a better way. Peace.